Rutgers legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Brad Wilson. Today's guest on the show is Kenny Spacey FCB Hallert. Kenny has cash for over $10 million in his live and online poker careers combined. And even though he's yet to take down the elusive major live tournament, it's easy to say he's seen way more than his fair share of success on the green felt. Some highlights of Kinney's career thus far, a 6th place finish in the 2016 WSOP main event for $1.4 million, a 3rd place in the 2017 WSOP 5K 6 max event for 238k a gold medal prize in the 2017 Scoop 1K 8 Max for 147K. Kenny's racked up quite the laundry list of poker accomplishments, all before hitting the age of 40. In the conversation you are about to listen to, you're going to hear where Kenny's seemingly lifelong love of cards began, the hilarious story of how he flipped satellite tickets for a year because of a silly law in his native Belgium, and how he eventually fell into a gig organizing and marketing tournaments for his local casino, despite not having very much real-world experience doing either. In today's episode, you're also going to learn why a football injury was a major catalyst in Kenny's poker evolution, one of the major poker social pressures you don't have to feel if you don't want to, why Kenny is happy at just firing up any tournament, regardless of buy-in or prize pool, and much, much more. So without any further ado, I bring to you the amazing Belgian crusher of live and online MTTs, Kenny Haller. Kenny, good morning, my friend. How you doing? Good. Uh, hi, Brad. Good, uh, well, good afternoon uh, here. Uh, I'm uh, in London at the moment. That, that's just my typical greeting. I think just... I just say good morning to everybody at all times of the day. I, I, I don't know why, but um, it's great having you on the show. And to start out this podcast, we typically dive into the origin story. So tell me about how you stumbled across poker. Oh, we have to go back quite a bit uh, i have to rewind back to 2004 already uh which is when i first discovered poker basically online uh on a sports betting site saw a link like play poker or download our poker clients how, how old were you uh 23 at the moment then uh, or 20 yeah 22 <laughs> actually still at that time yeah yeah uh, you said it you said at the moment so i was quickly calculating it up and you found poker and sports betting when you were six. That's a, it's a tough gig for the six. Year no, no, it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh, messing with you, man. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 At the moment. Yeah. No, no. At, at that moment, I meant, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at that moment I was, uh, yeah. 2022, uh, 22, 23. Uh, yeah. Saw banner. I was always intrigued into card games. Uh, Tell me about that. 
intrigued by card games like leading up to poker and I'm, I'm, I really would like to get to the the why of why this game resonated with you in this massive way yeah like uh so like card games like my mom used to have a bar uh where let's say that yeah people would be playing cards sometimes nothing really poker related like nothing money involved as well it's just basically for fun people were playing some card games and i and i liked like even to watch those games and, and like to play sometimes myself uh wouldn't be saying that i was good at it or anything but i yeah i always liked the yeah the the card games like the the yeah the, the strategical point like the strategical factor behind it and, and a little bit of of course uh, the luck factor which which kind of is involved in a in every in every card game yeah then when i i never i mean i've heard of poker at the time but i never played it like poker wasn't really known in belgium or anything like i didn't have any friends at all i did that, that ever like played the game as far as i knew how old were you when you were in your mom's bar watching these folks play cards? I grew up there. Like I, I, I was there like basically from one of the day I was born. Yeah, like I was there every day, like well, six days per week. I was was literally there. So I mean, not not on Friday. And Friday was closing day. So uh, otherwise, every other day, like it was in the center of the village that I, I grew up in. So like I when I was at school, like the bar was literally like a two minute walk from there. So I, I would yeah, go there at noon, uh, have, have my lunch there after school. Yeah. Go back to my homework there. And then in the evening, yeah, drive home with my mom, which was also like a mile away basically from, uh, from where, uh, where the bar was. But yeah, I spent the majority of my, my time actually at, 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 at that place. And so yeah, poker and, yeah, I quickly read the rules about it. Like it didn't seem like too complicated. Like you get you got some you get some hole cards. There's a couple of betting rounds, and at the end we'll see who has the best end, and that's the yeah that person will win the pot. So started playing that. Obviously, like zero had zero knowledge before from the game. Like didn't study anything. So obviously was yeah was a was a yeah was a fish at the table, of course. Straight away played for real money, but really like the micro stakes. Like I would have like the I played cash games, which was like one cent, two cent games. Like you buy in for two bucks every time. And then after a while, actually I discovered I played Hold'em, and after a while I discovered Omaha, which was actually even more fun. Like you could, yeah, you get four four hole cards. It's easier to make a straight, easier to make a flush. I mean, full house all the time. Uh, so I started playing with Omaha. Uh, of course, yeah, still not not winning. And also sometimes played a free roll. I saw the website had some free rolls, which yeah, of course as a beginning player, it's very fun. Like you you buy in was this like, you know, what were you doing in the meantime? Like what was your occupation? Were you just blowing off steam? Was this, this is just obviously a fun, fun little side hobby for you? Yeah. This was uh, yeah, just pure a hobby, like the sports betting. I wasn't really a sports better either. Like I would just basically bet on my favorite football team, uh, FC Bruges, hence the nickname FCB. So, and I would bet like, I mean, like, let's say 20, yeah, 20 euros per, like not even every week, maybe like t- maximum like 40 euros per month or something I would put in there. Like just... Just as, yeah, just to have some fun, to have a little bit of action. But I was working already at the time as an electrician. I 
started working as an electrician when I was 19 years old, I think, roughly. Uh, so that would have been, yeah, in uh, around the year 2000. I studied as an electrician as well. Uh, afterwards, like I just did my uh, high school uh, as an electrician. And afterwards, I went to college, but I never finished uh, college. Like I tried to do higher education as an electrician, but... I wasn't a good student. Like I was, I mean, I was very, like, I just, I couldn't handle basically, let's say like the fact that you did not have to go to school, like in, at, at college, whereas in, the, in high school you had to, of course, like it was, it was mandatory. So I always had good results, but then uh, like, I never like really had to study a lot. Like I would, like I was, I kind of had some like, yeah, like, I mean, like I was just not to be like, uh, yeah, saying any big words here, but like I, I kind of was a smart kid. Like I, I never really, really did, had to study a lot to get like good grades. Although the education that I was fought wasn't like really so high as well. Uh, but then when you go to college, like you realize that you actually have to study a lot more and you didn't have to go to the classes themselves. So it was kind of a deadly combination for me. And after a while, I realized that this just, yeah, wasn't really my thing. Uh, so I just started working as an electrician and yeah, it was around 2000 and during that time, like, like I said, like I discovered, uh, yeah, I discovered poker. Uh, yeah. So back to the, the playing poker fact, uh, I discovered the site had free rolls, uh, played some free rolls. It was like a thousand dollar free roll and 10,000 people in there. And yeah, probably a very bad stuff. I mean, or a very fast structure put it in that way. And uh, I remember actually even one of them finishing second. And obviously I thought I was yeah, the second best player at the time. At the yeah, you, yeah, you've I mean, made it. I, I did made it. But it was also in one of those free rolls that I got talking to somebody who was sitting at my table and he guided me to a forum, uh, which was PokerInfo.nl. That says like the, the local version of the, of the 2 plus 2 forums, basically, uh, where a lot of yeah, strategic, like, was to like was was found about the game. It was there actually that I realized oh, there's there's actually some strategy behind this. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like, a method. There's, there's more strategy than I than I actually realized. Like I know there was some strategy. Like I mean, of course you have to take a decision, but I discovered there oh there's actually books and stuff about this game. Like now this gets re- now it got then it got really got my attention. Like but this is actually quite fun. So it was then. I mean I'm really talking still like. The first couple of months here of, of let's say my whole poker career and i still kept playing like yeah every week i would let's say deposit my my 20 euro and and just play and then lose it every time uh, of course and yeah i mean it wasn't really a big like 20 euros wasn't that much like I just had a regular job so like it wasn't like there was like addicted or anything or losing a lot of money with it like i mean yeah you're, you're recreational you're, yeah i mean it's it was messing a, around. Yeah, i mean it, it's a hobby like if you like Pretty much any hobby, any hobby you find in the world, you're going to have to keep depositing for that hobby. Yeah, uh, for the most part, they're not going to. Hobbies don't make money. Yeah, and if I would like play the side to play online poker on a Saturday evening instead of going out, like there was a like I would basically lose the same money. But I was let's say like I could lose the same money that I was would be losing if I went out. But there was the upside, like I could potentially win something and didn't have a hangover on Sunday morning. So. That's a win-win. Uh, was, um. <laughs> the win-win situation anyway. And 
when I realized that there was like lots of books and stuff about it and and like a lot of this that forums and 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 so I decided to put my playing a little bit on a halt and just buy some books and read a lot about the game before I would move like dive into the game again. So I find this interesting, by the way, before before you go on, that in college you didn't go to class, you said you're a bad student and you dropped out, right? And then in poker, you find out about the strategy and your first order of operation is let's buy books so that I can study, right? Like it I don't think that like be a bad student is the right framing. It's just you're st- not studying the right thing that resonated with you. Probably, yeah, like, definitely. Like, if I would go back, like, if I would know everything I know at, right now, like, I would have completely done different studies and, and such as well. Although at the time when I did it, like, I didn't really hate it, but I just didn't like to go to school. Like, I did, like, I didn't like when people, like, tell me what to do, like, and tell me what to study and when to study. Like, with poker, I could study whenever I want and what I want. Like, there was nobody guiding me. Like, it was me deciding for myself. Oh, there's a there's an anti-authority streak that I think runs through pretty much every professional poker player on the planet. Yeah, that's I think that's indeed, that's that's something that's quite common indeed among, uh, among poker players. But, like, yeah, having, like, no authority is, uh, is, is something... Uh, yeah, it's something I actually like. Yeah, yeah, that something I like basically. So I bought some books. Among them uh, were Harrington and Holden, uh, Super System, Theory of Poker, uh, Winning Low Limit Holden, and I read Theory of Poker and Winning from uh, Theory of Poker from Sklansky, I think that is, and Winning Low Limit Holden. From uh, Lee Jones. Those were the first two books that I read. Theory of Poker was actually a really great book. And I think like even up today, like it like there's a lot of stuff that I that still like players could could use, like players that are new to the game. Actually, I could I think still recommend up until this day, despite all the information being online at the moment, uh, available as well. But there's just some some like basic theories in there that that, that that apply to any form of poker still and still today. And winning low limit hold'em, uh, yeah, the book says itself like is about limit hold'em, uh, like the low stakes basically, uh, which at the time like was really recommended by a lot of people. Like start your like if you want to like start a career, start at limit hold'em. Like there there's there's the swings are are less like you. The amounts you can bet are, are are of course fixed, and and it, it's a good way to build your bankroll. And limit to hold'em games were still like way more popular as they were today. Like I'm not sure if nowadays it still would be the best, or like it's still if you could find enough action, maybe on on the lower limits might still be possible. But that's how I uh, that's was the road that I was taking at the moment. So it, that that was the road in 2004. I mean, I started playing Limit Hold'em as well when I started playing cards back in 2004. The only time I could play No Limit was tournaments. Yeah, I think in yeah, Limit actually in Europe was never like really that popular. It was definitely more popular in the US, but I was playing online in the beginning anyway, so yeah, and I had there was the majority of the sites, like pretty much every site, like often off limit hold of them. There was enough enough action to be found anyway. So 
after a while, uh, I read those two books and then I said to myself, okay, well, I'm going to deposit once more and I'm going to try to never look back. And that's actually what happened. I deposited uh, 50 euros at the time once more. And that was somewhere in March, 2005. And since then, uh, yeah, I just worked my way up from there. I started playing the, yeah, the low stakes limit hold'em, which was, I think at the time still full ring as far as I can remember. Might even be like some 10 handed games. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I had like literally had the starting hand charts next to me, like, like, no raising, sorry, no, no calling preflop. Like only you either raise or you or you fold, and just that basic strategy. I mean, obviously very boring because like there's there's no bluffing going on. Like you just play your hands, you play straight forward. If you have a hand, you bet it or you raise it. If you have a draw, you call. Hope to, if you have the correct odds, and if you have a you miss the flop, you just fold. Like that's was the basic idea. But yeah, there was so few players at your table that would have had like the same experience. I mean, or, or like the same knowledge, like people would play. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so poorly, poorly, let's say at the time. So it was easy to, yeah, to, to be a a winning player, like without much knowledge myself, because that was still like the very early days of my career. And I slowly like built up my bankroll, slowly grinded up in stakes, think up to roughly three, six limits that I was playing after a while. And I was always a bankroll net as well, because I think remembered at the time people were saying you need to have like 300 big bets uh, in order to like cover the swings. And I would always just basically count uh, double. Like if people said recommend 300, I would go with 500 or 600, like just to be, to be sure, like to like take no, no real risk or like, make sure that I like had gained a lot of experience on a, on a certain uh, limit before moving up in stakes so that the risk of having to go back in stakes was lower as well. Yeah. Like, um, so three, six, you're looking at a roll of like 3,600 or so. Uh, yeah, that must have been roughly what I, what I was, was having. Uh, but at three six, I remember the games that were starting to get like quite more difficult, like compared to compared to <laughs> everybody just playing every hand. Yeah, uh, so I, I realized like okay, I need to pay a little bit more like attention here, like be be like be more selective at what tables I'm I'm gonna sit down and 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 yeah, maybe like even like limits, like yeah, or like study more, like just because the games were yeah, way way uh way harder compared to yeah let's say uh, 10 25 cents which of course is is normal uh but i, I think i actually like the jump from one two to two four was was quite of a big jump like it was as far as i can remember at least uh but it was also at the time that uh i discovered no limit hold'em uh, as cash game on uh, everest poker that was um which was a site basically full of recreationals and the games were very soft and people were just like at the forum i was on like poker info people were saying like really like you need to go like there like that's like a very good site like and and people have no clue and blah 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 so i went to everest started playing i think 25 no limits hold'em cash games and 
in no time, like over the course of, of yeah, a couple of months, like I grind my way up up until 200 NL. So, uh, but I was a very busy guy at the time because I still had a regular job. I actually had a secondary job as well. So I roughly worked like 60 hours per week. I played football three times per week as well. And outside of that, I tried to play poker. So like a day was literally like at least 10 hours short for me uh, every every day. So it was, I, I, I just lived at 100% at the time. It was like, yeah, work, sleep, poker, and just then play some football from time to time to at least be a little bit active. It was then also in 2001, uh, sorry, 2005, that I had a football injury in somewhere in December. What happened? Was, uh, I tore my, uh, how was the English, uh, ligaments? Is that, is that a... ACL? I don't know. It's like around my ankle, like the muscles oh. around my ankle like were yeah, completely... Shredded your ankle. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was out for like for sports for like at least half a year to start off with. And I couldn't go, couldn't work as well, of course, because like, but, and not, definitely not in the beginning. But was one thing I could do was play poker, of course. So what I did for, yeah, then, and it was December as well. Like, so it was like, yeah, winter, like not much to do outside anyway. So the only thing I did was play poker all day. And, and it was like really, really a good thing, like at least for my poker career, because yeah, I, could put so much focus in into playing poker at the time and and i like my learning curve like would yeah would raise very quickly at the time because instead of being limited to play like four five hours per day i don't know like i also all of a sudden i could literally play like yeah at least at least 10 hours i mean more like probably like 14 15 hours per day like that I was playing. Yeah, you're just uh, full on full on poker immersion. Full on full on poker, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was obviously very, very uh yeah, very yeah, very good. And I started to earn some like, yeah, let's say good money on the side with it as well. Like in the beginning, I never really cashed out. Like every let's say pretty much every dollar that I earned, I just put in my bankroll. Uh like I, I because I mean I had a job at the time, I had a job that paid for the right. price. So sure. I didn't. I didn't need the money, but it was just an extra for me in the beginning. Like I said, building up my bankroll, and after a while, like I realized, well, actually, it's like a good, a good side job. So when I could back go back to work, I quit my side job at least because I was like, okay, that's at least. I mean, I'm gonna keep my main job, of course, before I make uh, make the decision. So, but then I, I kept, yeah, I kept playing. I kept playing poker. Kept. Yeah, playing on Everest, playing to 400, 600 NL, sometimes even like 1, 1K NL. Uh, it was at the time as well that I started to discovering tournaments back then. And I realized actually that I much more started to enjoy tournaments because there's the, yeah, there's a, in tournaments, the cash games is really a grind. Whereas in tournaments, for me, they were more fun. Like just the, the, the competition, the competition itself, like trying to to win all the chips at the end, like the the glory of of being first was was something that I was really 
yeah, really going for it. I've always been a competitive person and I, I didn't really find that competition in, in, in cash games because you just, yeah, you, yeah, you buy in for a hundred big blinds. Okay. If you have a good session, you cash out a couple of hundred big blinds, but the next time you start again with, with hundred big blinds and, and you not necessarily know who the true winners are like as well at the end of, of, of the month. Whereas in, in poker there, sorry, whereas in tournaments, there's some, there's a competition and at the end of the tournament, like there's a clear winner. Like he won all the, yeah, the person that, that ends up with all the chips and, and just like the, the rush for glory actually is something that really like attracted me to, to playing tournaments. So yeah, I started playing some, uh, some tournaments as well. And, and before I realized, like I, I, yeah, put cash games on a, on a really, uh, really on the, on the side basically. And, and just, focused on on playing uh tournaments uh during the yeah let's say the years 2006 2007 i also started to play a little bit of live poker uh not in belgium because in belgium it wasn't uh allowed at the time uh poker in casinos um i played some i play have played did play some home games with a couple of friends that i met on the on the forums and there were some yeah, illegal tournaments happening as well, which were like among students, like five, 10 or 20 euro buy-in, like definitely not more pure I and mean, pure for pleasure. But technically, of course, like, yeah, they were, it, it was, it was illegal at the time, but I remember actually winning one of those tournaments. Of course, again, like you think you're the best player ever. Uh, <laughs> but if I wanted to play like some bigger tournaments and then for me, bigger tournaments at the time would have been like, let's say around to, 300 to 1,000 euro buy-in, uh, I had to go uh, abroad. And I yeah, went to Holland most of the time, to the Netherlands. Uh, their poker was allowed, and they have a fair amount of casinos there that were offering, offering tournament series at a, on a regular basis. So sometimes I would take a, a day off of work, like on a Friday, to, to spend like the weekend there, or, or just like drive over the weekend towards there. Uh, to to play a, to play a live poker tournament, and I got to know many. Yeah, I got to. I've met a lot of yeah, made a lot of new poker friends as well there actually. Uh, because still, like once you have the live poker tournament, you often see like the same the same players. Uh, yeah, are, are coming back and and you, yeah, you start to talk to those players and yeah, and that's of course how you yeah you make yeah you meet uh, new people. Then going forward to December 2017. Uh, early December 2017, the law changes in Belgium and poker tournaments are allowed. However, each casino can only host one tournament every year. I mean, 2017 allowed, or 2007? Sorry, 2007, that is. 2007, 2007 okay. Yeah. No, hold on. Um, <laughs> 2006, December 2007. Might have been 2005 still. I mean, a lot happened in the... No, it was 2000 and... It was 2005. Yes, it was 2005. It was still because in 2005, like I was already going to, to Holland to play some live poker tournaments there. Uh, yeah, my, my career went quite quick in the beginning. Like I quickly went from, from early 2005 playing limits, switching to no limits, having... Yeah. A lot of uh, success. Having some success... But in 2005, there was already the first poker tournament 
could have been organized in Belgium, but every casino could only host one tournament every year. And I remember going to them in in Belgium to the very first poker tournament uh, on my crutches because I, <laughs> I just had my football accident. And actually, I managed to cash the tournament. I managed to cash the first ever poker tournament, official legal poker tournament held in Belgium. However, the records are not on my hand and mouth, unfortunately. Like, I have a lot of different flags on my hand and mouth. I think, I'm not sure, but I think it's around 20. However, Belgium is missing. But yeah, actually, I do have a Belgian cash. And it's not hard to track it. There is only one tournament a year. <laughs> it's not like it yeah, was. The, a, a the big... results were, yeah, the results were never kept anywhere. I mean, there was like no live reporting, of course, or anything at the time. Like there was, and even afterwards, I tried to get back the records because I I started working afterwards for the casino. We'll, we'll get to that story shortly. Uh, even there, like I tried to recover the the records, but there weren't any found anymore. And up until today, like I still. I still don't have a yeah, Belgian flag. One time I came close in a, in a tournament where I was, I think, chip leader with eight left and seven eight, and I still managed to get eight. <laughs> uh, recently, actually, I mean, recently, uh, like a couple of years ago. So anyway, um, yeah, played a lot in Belgium, met a lot of, I sorry, played a lot in Holland and played at yeah, the first tournaments in Belgium. So in 2006, I still like went often to Holland because tournaments in Belgium were still limited to to one tournament a year. However, you could hold satellites to a tournament to that tournament. So what they were doing, they were just holding satellites to that one tournament throughout the whole year, which of course ended up being a very big tournament. At the I end. think you could sell the satellite chips or whatever. You could, yeah, uh, you could sell the the satellite tickets. So what I was doing, I was grinding those satellites and sell them to my Dutch friends. Even there was like lots of people selling like their tickets to me, and I would then sell them through to other people, uh, like in in Holland. So I mean, I actually I made some money there as well. The tournament was it was seventeen hundred euro buying, and like sometimes people like sell them to me for like in the beginning because there was like no demand for it. For like, I even got offered like a thousand euro like for for one. Like I remember like somebody like offered me less than a thousand. I said, like, no, here, I said, you have a thousand here at least because I'm like, I couldn't, like, I found it so, <laughs> like, so actually not done. Like, it, I felt like I was really hustling. Like, I mean, the guy, if, if I would have bought it for like less, like, I think he offered me 800 or something. You have a thousand, like, at least. And I would then hold on to those tickets, basically just stacking them up. And then like a month prior to the tournament, I would just, yeah. Start to sell them, sell them all. Yeah. Price when the demand was was starting to get there. So, yeah, I made some actually actual money there as well. Yeah, flipping uh, flipping satellite entries to the one tournament of the year in Belgium. Yeah, or in that casino anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was actually the only casino at the time that was hosting like an event as well. Like all the other casinos were not really like into into poker yet at the time uh, because I mean poker for a casino isn't isn't the best game like if you if you, if you look at it monetary monetary yeah. value to the casino like slot yeah. machines um, slot, just, put a slot machine on i mean yeah. for every place for a poker table you could you could easily put, put six slot machines and and they will at the end of the year like if the ceo looks at the numbers like yeah like 
a slot machine will will win you more money than than a poker tournament. But of course, like we all know poker like it attracts people to the casino and 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 so on. But yeah, same as like magic shows or Cirque du Soleil, right? Like I'm sure that inch by inch you could probably replace those shows and like hypothetically make more money. But you need the people there to distribute themselves yeah. and put their money in the slot machines in the first place, right? There's a lot of value in having a festival and tracking a crowd. Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, there was only like the, the one like, or two casinos that really like were offering offering uh, a little bit of like or like some poker because I mean the the people behind the casino were actually fan of poker. Obviously this this helps helps massively. And is that in 2000 then so yeah, in 2006, like I had like all those satellite tickets, like brought in some Dutch friends, and in 2007, basically doing the same thing. And in 2007, all of a sudden, like during the tournament, like the the tournament director was also like the the poker manager of of like the whole the whole casino. He comes to me and he says, like, we're actually looking to somebody to to help us out and promote our poker room for the the Dutch speaking part because Belgium. As basically two languages, Dutch and French. Casino was in the French speaking, French speaking part of the, the country. I'm from the Dutch speaking part. And it's like we're looking for somebody to like, yeah, promote it, especially like in the Flem- like in the Dutch part of the casino, plus in the Netherlands, and even a little bit further, like towards like more internationally for potential like bigger events. And he saw like I was bringing all of my Dutch friends to there. So like that's natural why he person kind of contacted yeah. me and I hesitated a little bit in the beginning because I was thinking like, okay, yeah, I have a, like I said, like it was always a bit of a bankroll net as well. Like I had a good job. I was just like finishing the construction of a, of a house as well. So like did a, quite a big investment there uh, already. Like, and then all of a sudden you get offered a job, which, you know, you're probably like not going to be doing for, yeah, like for the rest of your life. Like it's a temporary job, but like the job offer itself, like the, the wage that I was getting was like fairly good, like compared to what I was earning as an electrician, but yeah, discussed it at home with my parents and they were like, yeah, you sure you want to do this? And could you come back to being an electrician? Like after time off? I mean, that, that was my, my main actually thing. Like there's always need for an electrician. Like at the end of the day, like if, if, if things go wrong, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just come back as an electrician. And my idea was then like, okay, like in 2000 and so it was in 2007, I started working. I ended up accepting, accepting the job offer, started working the 1st of February, 2008. And in my head, it was like, probably going to do this for three, four, maybe five years, who knows. And, and then I'll, I'll just go back to being an electrician. I, so I started working there uh 2008 and throughout the years that job where it was in the beginning like promoting a lot of the yeah the poker room and trying to get get players from yeah from abroad in there um that was like the first year what i was doing and then in 2000 and i think the law changed a little bit we could organize more tournaments but they could only be limited to four tables even actually it was oh. kind of like the new wow room. what a what a great law change there yeah i mean it was something that was a workaround uh so whenever we would have a 80 players let's say sign up for a tournament we put them in two groups of 40 let them play down to 20 merge them again into a tournament of 40 
if you have 160, yeah. whatever, whatever, like yeah, shootout just, style, um, shootout, just however shootout you style, but over multiple tables, so that you never really play like three or three handed or anything. Like, so there was like yeah, sort of workarounds around there. So it was already more poker happening, and then after, yeah, I think after a year, like sort of write my my review to the. Yeah, through my through my bosses to to my bosses basically saying like okay like this and this like we could improve there there and here and there and this is going well and maybe change make some changes just making a proposal and one of my proposal was like yeah because those other tournaments were just like basically like the, the what I was just saying the sitting goes like the shootout format they were just basically just daily events or weekly weekly small events like I'm like we only have like one major tournament series in in the year like why don't we like try to get more of a series in like it's easier to attract people from abroad like people can can, can come over there's a there's a hotel with the casino and, and and such as well so like we there's some possibilities here like it's it's a good yeah good for the pr and and and, and all that kind of things and like there's and there's lots of i mean at the time in 2008 2009 there was still like lots of space on the on the on the, on the poker calendar let's say to to host uh, to host an event, uh, to host extra events at least for for us. So I'm, I'm writing an email to to my to my bosses basically. Like, and within an hour, like I get like a reply back from the from the CEO. He's like, "Yeah, good idea about organizing more events." Uh, Kenny, like uh, <laughs> during the Easter holiday, like you're gonna organize an event. Like, okay, let's do an event during the Easter holiday, and you're gonna organize it. I'm like, uh, that was <laughs> really my intention here, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. He, you... There, there we go. Like yeah. literally starting from scratch. Must have been around, I guess, about New Year or something that I got it. So I had like four month lead time or something to to start organizing that event. And like, okay, like let's start. And I'm literally having to start from. I mean, not really from scratch because it is in a casino. Like there's poker tables there. There's tips there. There's there's already staff there. Like uh, you you don't like there's already. There's a... good, Bases yeah, there. There, there's still a lot of logistical issues that's that have to be overcome putting on a, a major event i'm sure four months is not that much lead time either it it is it is not so yeah for sure not uh so i i'm like okay let's let's go and yeah you start to put out schedules make some make some flyers start to promoting left and right uh your your event and then like, okay i also need like a tournament director and like I'll just do it myself. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm like organizing it. I will be there the whole time anyway. Like, I'll sure. just be a tournament director. I mean, Why don't you just deal too? You, you can yeah. you can do it all. <laughs> I have dealt actually a couple of events. <laughs> I remember like one of the, one of the tournaments that I took a bit later, and like some of the dealers were already gone home, and like I just gave a push to a dealer basically <laughs> uh, at a at a final table. Uh, that yeah okay so like. Making some like doing the whole organizing thing, and and then I became all of a sudden like I was a tournament director. And throughout the years, basically, that job of being a tournament, uh, like the organizing of tournaments, became more and more a focus in my in my job at the time. So instead of more promoting the poker room, which I kind of still did, like I put a lot of, of my focus was on organizing the event. And after we ended up having basically four events per year because. Like the people from the casino were happy as well. Like they saw, like when you organize an event, indeed, like people people show up. Like and indeed, like if you pure look monetarily at the poker tournaments, you're not earning a lot of with it. But 
they saw, of course, like, okay, like revenue from the slots, revenue from the table games, like restaurant, hotel, everybody was happy that, that there was, that it was people. That it's people marketing. Came. It's really yeah, just, it is, it is, it is marketing. marketing. So yeah, at the end of like, we ended up almost organizing, yeah, four, like we ended up organizing four festivals uh, per year after, uh, yeah, per year after a while, sometimes in, even in collaboration with some like local, like, other poker clubs even like that and stuff like it was all it was all running yeah it was all running uh, quite smooth there uh so what also happened in 2008 of course when i started working for the casino was that i had a lot of more time to put focus on my playing career as well whereas otherwise i still had a 40-hour job uh, all of a sudden i could divide my time better. Like I could say, okay, like I'm going to work for the casino a little bit this morning and then this afternoon I'll, I'll, I'll play a bit or, or yeah, I'm going to go to the casino tonight. Like I, yeah. I could just divide Did... my time whenever. Yeah. Jason, tell me about presence. Why did you think presence was the missing weapon in the arsenal of poker players? So everyone's a mindset champion when they're running great, right? But when you're getting crushed day after day and you haven't booked a win in forever, and the confidence just gone. And you're trying to do this thing that you read about in a book or someone told you about being logical and being happy that the money went in good when all you really want to do is cry and hit something at the same time. Like, how are you supposed to be logical in that moment? But that's the only moment when you really need it. What you need in that moment isn't mindset. You've already read all the mindset books and you already know what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to do. What you actually need in that moment is presence. Presence is the ability to connect the dots between who you want to be and how you can actually be that person when you need it most. So let's cut to the chase, right? Like, how do you do it? How do you stay more present when you're at the poker table? Well, you get there by first deciding that you want more, right? That you want to grow your intuition, that you want to create more flow in your life, and that you want to reach your full potential as a player and as a person. And once you get there, you can start trying out some of the exercises and practices that I've put together. If it feels good, if you're enjoying it, you can keep going, right? And if you keep going long enough, eventually you'll find that you're just playing at really high levels, that you feel good with low stress, and you're enjoying your experience a lot more, not just at the table, but away from it as well. I personally would love to have as much presence as I possibly can in my day-to-day life. And if you, the listener, right now wants to add some presence to your game, visit PokerWithPresence.com. Join Jason Sue's email newsletter and then schedule a free consult with the master of presence himself. One more time, that's pokerwithpresence.com. The transformation is complete. Yeah. You are now fully poker yeah. day in and day out. And yeah, and I really liked like especially the organizing of, of those tournaments. Like it was really something I I like because for me it was a combination like of all of the things that I liked at the moment. Like was there was poker, which I was really like passionate about it. And I always liked organizing events. Like even way before poker, I was I was involved in in multiple organizations in my local village where I would yeah, organize soccer tournaments or or local festivities. Uh I was yeah, I was always like helping, helping out with those and, and putting a lot of focus on the organizing part of, of stuff. And but I enjoy doing it. And all of a sudden like, I basically I could combine like and poker and organizing stuff into one. So 
it was yeah it was really yeah really something a very positive thing of course in my life and for my poker career as well like like i said like i could even put more more time in studying as well and 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 i could starting to go to more life tournaments as well because i didn't really have to take off it was actually part of my job like if i have to promote the poker room i have to i'm gonna show what other events and like and and start talking about my tournaments and i could play poker while i was there as well so like it was was living the dream literally at the moment also so the casino i started to work for also held satellites for the world series main event uh, i remember on the last they had one every last sunday of the month and on the last sunday of january 2008 which was basically the couple of days before i started working there i won my entry like i won a 15,000 euro package to vegas so uh probably at the time somewhere around, I don't know, $18,000, but it covered everything apart, like towards the main event buying and yeah, flights, hotel, like it was, let's say so an all-inclusive, an all-inclusive uh, package. So all of a sudden I could go to the World Series, the dream. Like I've, I've been to Vegas in 2017 already uh, once, but that was outside of the World Series. 2007. Uh, we, sorry, keep, 2007. we keep skipping. Yeah. <laughs> keep missing a decade there. Keep missing, yeah. 2007 was already my first trip with the Poker Info Forum, actually, that we went there uh, for for a week. Stayed at the Sahara, first time in Vegas, while the Sahara was still there. It was just, we went there the week after they blew down the, what was the opposite the Golden Riviera? I don't know. I, I haven't yeah. actually spent a ton of time in oh. in Vegas throughout my career. I know they blew up like the sands, but I don't know when that it was happened. After, it wasn't sands. It was like a blue and a red logo. I, for, I mean, some people listening to the show will definitely know which one I'm talking about. Just across the, the Golden Riviera, I think that is. Yeah. Anyway, that was the, yeah, when we went, when I went to Vegas for the first time. And so, but all of a sudden in 2008, like the dream, like I, I can go and play in the World Series. So yeah, I went, went to Vegas uh, and all of a sudden I was there in, in the Rio. Like, because like when you start playing poker, like one of the first things like you do, like you look up stuff online, of course, and, and you see like on, on, on those like the World Series. And in the beginning, it's like a dream. It's like for those, like for you, like those are your heroes all of a sudden playing. Like we... In 2008, who was already around? Uh, I mean, it was Helmut, there was Negreano, Ivy, uh, Ferguson, Madison, like I'm um, yeah, just Gus Hansen, Armin, Seidel, like Doyle, of course, Howard Letterer, Letterer, uh, yeah. I mean, then. those those were indeed the heroes at the time. And all of a sudden, like you can go there and you can play in the same tournament as as you do, which at the time you started playing poker seemed like so far away, like some, something impossible even, I would have said. And all of a sudden you're there and yeah, I played even, I think, a couple of side events there as well. Zero caches, I think. But I had the experience with me, like, like this, this was fun. Like, and yeah, I've never, I've always kept going back to the World Series. Like after the first time I went there, I'm like, yeah. And you're hooked. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to want to miss out on on this anymore. Like, uh, I've played the main event every every year 
since apart from, of course, I mean, yeah, there wasn't really a main event uh, last year, of course. Uh, but there's always, a bunch of them. What are you talking about? There is like 17 well, main events. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, if you want, we can maybe go later into that topic. But for me, there was one main event, like for, and that I played it actually. That was over the summer, like that was for me. Not yeah, the, the hybrid thing that they the secondary thing they just squeezed in that uh, feels suspiciously like a money grab. Um, yeah, at, at no, the end I, wasn't, of the year. I wasn't really a fan of of that that event. Like I, I purposely didn't play just as a as a as a matter of principle, actually, because I yeah also like to organize that in the midst of a pandemic, forcing people to travel seems seemed not like for me a, a very a very high integrity positive. move. Yeah, like not a not a positive thing to the outside world as well. Like to to organize uh, such an uh, such an event. So I skipped on that. But for me, like the, whatever they had over over the summer, the five k twenty million guaranteed event. I think it was that was for me sort of like the main event. Like I, I played that one. Don't think I cashed, but I mean it doesn't matter. Uh, but I think if if there was one main event, I would say that that was at least uh, for sure the the one that happened when the main event normally happens and wasn't yeah. just kind of and that's how they announced it on. as well initially. Like I, I even see like Negriano like talking about yeah, this is good, good like compared to the main event. Like it's okay, it's five k, but it's maximum three bullets, so people can be in for cheaper or like you can still like it. it they promoted it as as it was the main event, so like don't yeah uh, yeah. Like I didn't feel so strong with uh, with with the hybrid thing uh, in uh, in in December. Uh, so anyway, where were we? Two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, two thousand and nine. I had actually had a very good online year as well. Like I with a lot of focus starting in two thousand eight on on playing tournaments, and two thousand nine all of a sudden went like really well. I won the Sunday warm up on stars. Uh, I remember for at the time my biggest online score which was 108,000. I mean it was nowadays the price below the one it doesn't even reach that that high anymore but it was something around 4600 entries yeah 215 dollars yeah. buying. Back in those days the tournaments yeah. were ramming and jamming. I mean, you know, yeah. even 2005 circa party poker was like nightly 200 you know 200k guaranteed 200 plus 15 buy-ins like yeah. every single day of the week i mean that was not like a, a special exist. there was no re-entry like was shot. single entry one yeah. shot let's go thousands of people every single night of the week it wasn't the poker wasn't the it's yeah like poker was i mean obviously because the u.s market it was all an open market of course nowadays i mean this is stuff you have to take into account with numbers as well. Like U.S. Is, isn't there anymore. A lot of segregated markets with France, Italy, Spain, like Australia not being there anymore, of course. Like there, there's, there's lots, lots of, of things that have changed over the last decade for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but it was a good time. It was it, definitely it was a good time. It was a fun time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, and the thing was, it was, so, the games were quite soft as well. Like you didn't have to be like, that good of a player to beat the game uh, as well. Like, It's always a matter of who you're playing against, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. If you compare it to how the games are today, like it's a completely different, uh, completely different story, of course. So yeah, nowadays, uh, poker has is, is, yeah, changed a lot. But 
that was the thing about when when playing poker like back then like if if you wouldn't win a tournament today you would have been one one the next day basically that's that's how it felt sometimes like uh but anyway 2009 was a yeah very good yeah year for for online for me as well remember so yeah looking like a little bit yeah i mean because we're mixing my life online and and life poker career a little bit uh, here uh, all all within each other um so 2009 yes worked for the casino played played a fair amount of live poker played yeah, played lots of online poker as well things things were going uh things were going great parents are proud parents parents are yeah, ha- happy with the decision yeah like once they saw that i had some success with it and that i was smart at least with the money that i was winning uh like i say it wasn't yeah, I wasn't doing stupid stuff or anything with it, uh, with with my money. I was was quite cautious with it. I, I, I still was a bankroll nit as well, and yeah, on that on that bankroll nit thing, like that's also what I I kept still like my job for a long time in in the poker industry, like in the poker industry, like that job. It worked less and less over the years, for sure. Uh, and I kept working for the casino. I started working up until 2016, basically. Uh, although it was every year, let's say, slightly less and less. Uh, but I always had that job, like, basically that paid the bills. So as a poker player, I never had to stress, like, about having to make money at the end of the month to yeah, to cover the costs. So I could play way more freely. I had my my life bankroll, let's say, with, like, that I used, like, Funded with the money from my job, and then I had my poker bankroll, which was for, yeah, building a poker bankroll, doing some fun stuff on the side, putting some money away for later. Like, and if my poker bankroll, let's say, worst, worst thing would happen, like go to zero, like I still would have like my other bankroll where I could at least survive in life and 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 pay the bills and and yeah and, and it's nice when that risk of being out on the street, living in a cardboard box, is is kind of removed because you you have a day job right indeed and it, it it gives you so much more mental rest as well because like i said there's no like the pressure is not there like you, you can just play play freely like like there there's no there's no stress on you like i mean throughout the years like like i said this is already looking back at, at more than a 15 year career like I've, I've seen so many people come and go uh, in poker and so many more people that are way better than I and like have come like into poker but have left poker because they're not they're very good at poker but they're not good at every like the other things that come as a professional poker at life right just yeah like it's the best poker players are not the best poker players necessarily like like the best poker players are not the people that play the best poker necessarily. Absolutely. Like, I mean, complete. Look, yeah. Look, look at like, like Victor Baum. I mean, Isildur is like a legend, but has gone broke. I'm sure multiple times, right? Like it, it's just sort of inevitable when you have that self-destructive streak and tendency in you that when you are regularly putting your bankroll on the line, yeah, you ha- there is no other option besides going broke. You just will go broke eventually. It is it is indeed, and and that's what made me a good poker player. I think like because I'm technically I'm not the 
the, the guy that played the plays the best poker for sure not but I think every other thing, like my bankroll management, my, my perseverance, my patience, like are always like I've been on point, let's say. And and that's that's why I'm still around like 15 years later. And like I said, there's lots of people that, that yeah, that, that already left the game. I mean, some of them left because they were like, yeah, they got tired of the game. Fair enough, of course. Uh, but yeah, some of them had to quit because they, they just couldn't handle it or, or they literally went broke. Like, I've never been too shy to like go back in stakes as well. Like it, it's sometimes you have to like, yeah, like just go back in stakes, like, and just get some confidence, build a, like some, some bankroll again as well. Like if you had a rough period at a higher stakes, like that's just sometimes how it goes, but you have to, you have to stay. Yeah. Like keep your eyes open and be honest to yourself for sure. And don't be afraid of what other people will say that, oh, look at that guy. Like, last month he was playing like one case and now look at him. He's grinding the $20 tournaments. Yeah. yeah, so be it. Like, yeah, I'm trying to build my bankroll back. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too shy to, yeah, to, to do these things. Like that, that's just how it is. And I always had a, a big passion for the game anyway. Like sometimes I've, I've played tournaments that like just pure for fun where people are saying, why do you play these? Like this is, way like below your level or below your or, like way too small for you like i don't care like i i just play i, I enjoy this like I this, this is this is what do you do with your free time like yeah. why, why do you why do you go see a movie at night instead of you know firing up uh firing up a multi well yeah. you like movies i mean that that's that's how it goes i mean i remember busting from an ept a european poker tour 5k buying in the money like I mean, it wasn't like huge cash that I made, maybe somewhere between 10 and 20 thousands. But I went back to my hotel room. I fired up the micro millions on, on stars, which was a $1 rebuy at the time. Or like at least one of the events. And I ended up being second out of like 18,000 people. And like the, literally like a couple of hours later, and people were like, why do you play these things? Like you just busted like a tournament. Like, and like, there was nothing else to do. Like there was no. I was literally waiting for, like for a side event to happen. Like oh, I just like fired micro millions, whatever. Like was the first. Was literally the first day the micro millions like got invented, like got started on stars. Like uh, it was the second place. Like obviously never did, did better. Uh, did better since. But I was like, yeah, had a big passion for the game. And whether I'm like playing the the main event or I'm playing like, or, like I'm very competitive as well. Like playing the main event or playing like a home game with friends for. Yeah, with a one cent big blind, I will always try to win. Like, or even like a free roll. Like, I, I can't just sit there and just like throw in my chips and like as if I don't care. No, like I want to win as well. Like that's regardless of the stakes I'm, I'm playing. Like, it, I, it's the competition, right? Like that's yeah. that's that's the priority is the competition, and the prizes are just secondary to competing and yeah. making good decisions. Like at the World Series, I had a chance to play the hundred k like before. Like I busted it, and the next day I was playing the Colossus. Just yeah, like just have to, just it have to. Be, everything has to be okay inside your mind. That that's the only thing. You live a. It, it's a very hard life when you base your decisions on what you're afraid people will think of you because of your actions. You know, you know your situation better than anybody else in the world. So who are they to judge what you're doing or how you're spending your time or what stake you're playing, right? I think that like 
that's sort of just this built in comfortability with who you are as a human being and your decision making process. Yeah, indeed. And yeah, like, yeah, like it's a message to all of the people that are afraid. Like, don't be afraid of what, what people are thinking of you. Like, just, just don't like put that completely aside. Like, if people say something, it's probably because they're jealous. First of all, they're jealous because they didn't reach so high in the first place as you did. And, and, and like, yeah, like just ignore those people, ignore those negativity. Like, it's a good way to filter out people that you don't want yeah. around you anyway. Yeah. Like that, that's an easy like, way I mean, to filter out yeah. people that you shouldn't be associating with. Yeah. Like it, it literally like just, yeah, put those people away. Like it, it's a win for you and, and, and probably a loss for them. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I said. Like I, I kept my professional career pretty much until a long time. In 2016, then I switched to started working for Unibets, uh, which was quite weird. Uh, I mean, not weird. So I was negotiating with Unibet to start working for them. Uh, and I literally had my last meeting with them <laughs> the day before the main event in 2016 start, which is the main event that I made the final table. <laughs> so like we come to an agreement, like, okay, like I will start working for you. Should and have waited I, a week. <laughs> it would have had more leverage in a week. Uh, yeah. And then like a week later, or like, I mean, yeah, the whole main event takes probably like two weeks to reach the final table. I mean, it's seven days, but like with all the other flights, I guess, like 11, 12 days, maybe later, like you're like, oh, make the final table. And then like a couple of days later, I got like a message from uh, from my, my boss there saying like, hey, can, can we have a talk or like, are you still like, going to go ahead with a job? I'm like, and I said, yes, like I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind at the time of like, whoa, I want lots of money. Let's quit. Like, no, like. I'm, I'm just enjoy doing this as well. Like, and for me, it's like a good change of, of, of pace as well. And it's like something to like clear my head a bit. Like, I, I think it's a great, uh, you know, that, that that's a greatness bomb for people to sort of make decisions based on their professional career. Like yeah. if you were to win millions of dollars, would you still want to accept this job that's being offered to you? Yeah. Right. Like, it's a good way to judge like whether or not you have a passion, whether or not you're going to enjoy that kind of work, whether or not um, it's going to be ultimately fulfilling for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I accepted, yeah, it's like, is it still going to go ahead? Like, I mean, it's more, of course, like I didn't have to do it for the money, of course. Anymore. Look, I totally get it. You feel like being a lone wolf in your poker journey has hamstrung your ability to realize your full potential. So I'm about to give you a golden opportunity to plug into a supportive tribe that will be the poker family you've always wished you had. How much money would you give for one hour of interactive group coaching led by myself, Coach Thomas, and occasionally past guests of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast? For now, and this will absolutely change at some point in the near future, the price of admission to the Live Poker Power Hour is 100% free. All you've got to do to get your invite is head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com and hop on the VIP newsletter. No more excuses, no more procrastination. It's time to take action and put yourself in position to turn your poker dreams into reality. I hope to see that beautiful face of yours in just a couple of days. I want to go back before you take it and go yeah. like that thing that we just kind of like spent 20 seconds on your lead up to 
making the final table, the main event. Could you take me through that specific tournament? Because I have to imagine that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, it was. I mean, yeah, the whole... So, yeah, let's go back. I mean, so 2008, as I said, like, my dream came true. Like, I played the main event. Sorry, yeah, even, like, I played the World Series. And I could play the main event, like, already, like, like wow. <laughs> so I went back every year since. And then, like, you're like, okay, what's my first, what's my next goal? Like, okay, I want to cash, like, an event. Like, at least, like, have that, like, World Series of Poker badge on your hand. And I think in 2009 already, like, I got somewhere to cash. I mean, not a... Not a big result or anything. He's quickly opened my uh, my hand and mob. Uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a big result, but at least like okay, like I have I have my my cash here, so like I can yeah, I had one min cash in a fifteen hundred for twenty seven hundred. So but okay, I got the cash. So then next year, so you, you yeah, like I always kept coming back and yeah, like what's what's my next goal? Like okay, yeah, like make a cash in the main event. Like that's that's the next goal and. I had to wait yet still until 2012 before I got my first main event cash. Uh, for 30K, like, I mean, very happy, of course. Very nice, uh, nice result. And then, okay, then you made a main event cash. Like, what's next? Like, final table, I guess. Like, I mean, you always go there, of course, with the dream every year of, like, yeah, coming back home with some gold, like, of course. Uh, but... For me, like already, like making a final table would have been a, a huge thing because, especially as a as a no limit play, like I only played no limit, and and yeah, those fields of a couple of thousand players, like making a final table is 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 tough. Like if you would play mixed games, I would say things are it's easier to make a final table because of the yeah the field sizes are of course way smaller. Uh, but me as a pure no limit player, like yeah, having to yeah plow through these. And I wasn't really playing high rolls. I have having to plow through these uh, these big fields. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it is. It is tough indeed. So, yeah, I came like I had a twentieth place in two thousand fourteen. I guess that must have been roughly my best results, so, like place wise, at least at the time, as far as I, I know. And then all of a sudden, in two thousand fifteen, early in the summer, the World Series decided to pull out the put up an event which is called the Colossus, uh, which at, ten, at the time was the first buying under $1,000. Uh, it attracted 22,000 entries, and boom, <laughs> there I was all of a sudden at the final table, like my first final table in, at the time, the biggest event, like entry-wise in the World Series of Poker. Yeah, and there was it, like, yeah, 45-year history or something. And I was there... Like I mean, of course, ran pretty pure to to get there. Uh, otherwise, you yeah, you're not yeah, you're not sitting there. But yeah, all of a sudden, had my final table. They came in fifth, yeah, like a couple of places. I mean, yeah, which feels like short of a bracelet, but still, like yeah, you still need to beat four other people. Like you, you're still only like twenty percent there. Like you still like eighty percent of the field still needs to be eliminated at the time. Like before you even like yeah. Which is, it's kind of crazy. Like you, you can see the finish line, you can yeah. taste it. It's tangible. And you're still only 20% of the way there with five people left in this 20,000 plus field. Yeah, it is like, that's so, I mean, I wasn't really disappointed. Of course, I like, had a nice score of 180 K, which was my 
roughly my biggest score at the time. I had like an EPT final table like a couple of years before that, which paid out roughly the same. But of course, very, yeah, very happy with it. And then the next year, 2016 is there. Um, main event time, like in the world. Uh, I think leading up to the, the main event, I quite had an okay year, I think, if I quickly look on my hand and mop. Uh, well, you know, I had some, I, I remember actually like winning some money. Like I had a, I was break even before I sat down, I think at, uh, at the main event final table, like for, for that year. I think I, I run pretty good in cash games. Like I hadn't really tournament result, but I remember cash games and, uh, and sitting goes actually went, uh, went quite well there at the World Series. Okay. Thought of that, starting the, the main event, and basically I go on an insane heater starting from day one. Uh, I, I think I, at the dinner break, at the dinner break of day one, I already had like four starting stacks or something, like something literally like, yeah, quite, I mean, we'd say unique because like there's other people that have similar stacks, but it, it's for yourself, like quite a, quite a unique experience. Hold on. Let me actually go back one more year, 2015, where I finished in the main event in 123rd place in 2015. Which of course is a deep run in the main event as well. Like you're down like in, in the Amazon room, like they literally every time a table like breaks, like they literally break the table, like they, they take out the table of the room. Like and there's yeah, 123, there's what 14, 15 tables left. You I bust, okay, whatever. And you feel like, damn, this could have been a unique opportunity, like a once-in-a-lifetime experience, like get ever to the final table like you can see everybody who's left like you, one person in this room is going to be the wsop main event champion why not they you? are like it, it feels so close at the time and like i said i'm like maybe i just wasted my one time here to make the final the main event final table because 123 you're down to what is the last two percent of the field or something two three percent of the field so it's it's very, yeah, it's quite deep already, but still, of course, yet so far away. But there's people that are, like I said, like probably way better poker players than I am that never made it to the top 500 maybe in the main event, like even after trying 10 times or even 20 times. Like it good, just, good friend of mine, uh, Jesse Agadumu, is a, a great tournament player, like world-class. I don't think he's ever cashed in the main event, uh, much less made it to you know the top couple hundred. Yeah, that's that, that's just weird indeed how I mean that's the weirdness about tournament poker and it's also like in a way the beauty of tournament yeah, poker. It, right? it's, yeah, it's it's a beauty of randomness too. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Somebody could win the main event back to back. Like it's a thing that happens, like crazier things yeah. have happened in the world. It, it is indeed. Like I mean, at every final table there's nine chairs that need to be filled and, and at the end of the tournament there's one person that will end up with all the chips so like somebody will win it every year so yeah it felt like a unique opportunity and then yeah 2016 i go on an insane heater like for the first couple of days i i have chips on day one day two i think was a pretty medium day but then on day three i'm, I'm having a lot of chips again and i think day three is where the bubble burst just yeah, because we were they were paying fifteen percent, and I think it was now day three or day four. I ended up with an overnight chip lead, even 
uh, might have been day three. Uh, I think it was day three. And I think then on day four, I mean, the days kind of blend a little bit into each other here now. But I remember making somewhere with 200 people left, like, I wouldn't say a mistake. I mean, I I get stacked when I run top pair, top kicker in, in a set, but probably could have gotten away. Like, uh, like I lose a lot of chips, which is like, God damn it, like, not again. Uh, I still hadn't been all in like the whole tournament uh, up until that point where I was left with 20 big blinds. I think it was day five that was, must have been day five. Was on, early on on day five, yeah. I'm left with 20 big blinds and going like my first and only all in basically up until the final table. I got it in with kings versus queens, like for 20 bigs. And literally a couple of hours later, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm almost chip leader, kind of defense, <laughs> like more than 200 big blinds. Like again, going an insane heater. In the meantime, past that point of the 123 players left as well, which is like, it felt like, okay, like take two. Like now there's a, there's another chance here. Like who knows? And yeah, I just kept chipping up. And at the end of day seven, all of a sudden there's, there's 10 players left and you, yeah, you get moved to the, yeah, to the Thunderdome and there's one more player that needs to go. And luckily it wasn't me that went out. Like, and all of a sudden you're there, like, you're like, what the F like just happened right now? Like this, this thing that I've been trying to do, like my whole poker career, all of a sudden becomes true. Like not trying to do all, every, everything that I dreamed of, dreamed of like the whole time. Like it seemed like the impossible just happened to me. Like, all of a sudden, like I'm here, like I'm guaranteed already an insane amount of money and, and I can play for, yeah. Play in a sit and go Even, to be a world champ. Yeah. Play one, one sit and go away from, from, yeah, being a world champion. And it was such, yeah, such a, a weird, yeah, such a weird feeling actually at that time. Like you, you, I didn't realize, like you don't really like realize in the beginning what, what's all happening because there's like all the press and stuff around, like, and you're like, is is it even real actually? And and but yeah, it it was real. Uh, like my dream came came true. Uh, it, it playing the main event final table, and unfortunately, like I finished in uh, fifth. Yeah, fifth it was. Uh, no, sixth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very memorable experience. You can't even remember what place sixth. you got. That was sixth. No, it was sixth. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I finished in the sixth place uh unfortunately heading into the final table as i think fourth place i was when heading into the final table so a little bit disappointed of course because like you're let's say if you start as fourth you hope to be at least to maintain your position of course like you start in ninth place in ninth position and you have eight bigs i mean every place is a win basically but starting in fourth yeah, I mean, fifth, I would have been okay, let's say, but like sixth felt just like one place short of like maybe like complete like happiness. But I mean, once you get back home and you like after every all the dust has settled from the main event, you're yeah, you're you're still of course yeah looking back at the whole the whole journey, you're you're yeah you're insanely happy, of course. Like it, it's it's such a, 
yeah, such a unique experience that you that you that you encountered there. Like it's it's yeah. There's only one step to go in the progression, Kenny. There's only one, yeah, and that's that's my main goal still in poker. I do want to win a big major life tournament. That's uh, yeah. Unfortunately, last year I didn't really have a have much chance to uh, to win one. I mean, but that's something that's missing on my resume. I think once that gap is filled in, like then. For me, the puzzle will be complete. Like if I if I win a big major event, doesn't necessarily needs to be a bracelet. A bracelet would be very cool, of course. But yeah, just winning a big a big major event. Uh, like I, I can't aim much harder. You can't say like I still want to win the main event. Like that's I mean yeah, of course you want to win the main event, and I will try every year for sure. But that's not a realistic goal, of course. I mean, even winning a major is I mean, it's still like you need to be a bit fortunate. But I've, I've Took already a lot of chances, and I've come close many times. And and but then, yeah, I'm still trying to fill in that that gap. Like once once I've done that, like I might just let's say like put poker maybe even like on a on a smaller pace, and 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 maybe look for for some new new challenges in in life. But I never will 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 quit playing poker. Like I I enjoy the I enjoy it too much. Well, uh, that's the thing, right? Like enjoy yeah. this time. Before yeah. you win your major, the yeah. the the pleasure of conquest, the pleasure of trying to aim high and reach your goals. I, I think that that's something that folks undervalue in their life, where it's like, oh, I have X Y Z that I really just want to want to accomplish, and they don't really savor the moment of, yeah, I'm I'm in the arena, I'm striving, I have this tangible goal that I'm trying to reach. And there's a lot of joy and pleasure in just living in the here and now and and um you know I, I have no doubt that eventually you'll win a major i think that like you play enough you play enough major tournaments eventually i do play enough there and i'm trying hard one, for right? sure that's a, <laughs> that's a fact yeah uh yeah like I've, I've been i mean i've always been i've been a lot fortunate i would say like to go deep but then they're just it's like always at the end like i kind of have a little bit let's say the yeah the little bit of the, the bad luck Against me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Like, if I'm, if I'm looking throughout my whole poker career, I definitely, like, I definitely run above EV. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's like not when I, when I, when I was playing sit and goes on party poker, like the two hundreds, I could play like twenty four of them without winning one, right? Like, and if you think about it, that's like twenty four final tables of majors, like without winning a tournament, and you just need to hold up in the right spots um in, in these majors and there's just that's just the reality of life that somebody's going to get all the glory and the money and be the champion and nobody else will and you just need some things to go well for you to you know stamp your place yeah in, indeed that's that's 100 percent uh 100 percent uh correct yeah, you just need to yeah need to be like yeah, just that extra, yeah, that extra bit of, of of luck sometimes needs to. You need that day one run good, <laughs> the day yeah, one the, heat on day one seven. Time, literally, like your one time, you 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 need it at, at that moment. But yeah, that's something actually I always have said. Like when I when like when the puzzle is complete, I, I think I want to decide to like stop playing poker for like let's say on a professional level. I just want to take a year off. And play poker. <laughs> that sounds stupid. But I just want to travel the world then and play poker and collect as 
many different hand and mod flags on my profile. And then it doesn't matter which one. If it's the the weekly 100 in 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 Chile, or it's the World Series main event, like a flag is a flag. Like then just like enjoy enjoy life a little bit. Uh, I mean, still enjoying life at the time. Don't at, at the moment as well. Like don't don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's something I still have like in yeah, as, as some sort of goal. Like end up with like as many flags in my hand because that's like some a challenge that like. You can't even buy it, and and you can't like and regardless of your skill, you can still like go for it. Like you, you have to, you have to really like chase it in a way. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's not really like it's a competition that's open for many people because you can play it regardless of like, what stakes you're playing. I mean, you just have to, yeah, you just have to collect a lot of air miles, of course, in the, in the meantime, in order to, uh, yeah, to visit all these countries. But yeah, you'll see something. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll see something along the way, of course, uh, as well. Uh, absolutely enjoy enjoy the scenery and the journey as you go along um traveling the world and playing in all these different tournaments so what's what's a project you're working on right now that's near and dear to your heart well uh, i I mean last year pretty much everything has been poker uh so because yeah we were limited in stuff that we could do so anyway i've been being home the majority if not pretty much all the time and yeah just working on my game and in the hope to uh, win a big one life tournament like just trying to get better at the player uh, that that's still a project that had consumed like pretty much all of my energy let's say in in the last uh, in the last year um regarding like working in the industry myself like there's nothing there's nothing in the in the pipeline at the moment uh of course as well so that that's yeah that's my main focus now like hopefully we can sooner or later we can start travel again a little bit more freely and and play more yeah more live poker some bigger events like i see like some some bigger events all already starting to get organized and uh on the other side of the ocean for me uh here on here on this side things are are still like on a a very on a very low pace there there's with the current restrictions pretty much everywhere in Europe, it, it's still like a poker tournament, still not. Like, I mean, the governments or like the specialists like still think that at this given time that it's not uh, not the best thing to do. Uh, but I, yeah, my bit vaccinations and stuff rolling out. So hopefully. Yeah. We're going to get there, hopefully. We're going to get there, hopefully. at the end of the year, and yeah. uh, we should be able to, yeah, to have, to have something something going on at least and yeah we'll we'll see i mean it's not this year it's probably next year but yeah i'm i'm i mean i mean no no real rush of course uh, like we'll, we'll see cool man um final question where can the chasing poker greatness audience find more about you on the world wide web twitter instagram uh, not really on facebook anymore uh, but twitter and instagram uh, slash about a spacey fcb and that's where i would say they people can can follow me although like even in the last year i've been very quiet pretty much on social media i mean there's it hasn't been much stuff to be yeah to be to be tweeting or 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 about yeah 
uh, or, or, or not or, not many productive things to be tweeting not about many anyway. productive things yeah. at least yeah i mean yeah you you yeah i mean you can tweet that you're at home but yeah you're <laughs> waving but yeah, yeah. it all would be quite uh, quite repetitive of course so yeah like i, I could say I've, I've put much focus on on more on on studying myself and and yeah with with the study group that i'm part of which is running running pretty yeah, pretty great so there's a lot of content being made there like that consumes already a lot of time so perfect um, man yeah, yeah that's a that's a much better way to spend your energy over the course of this year than messing around yeah. on, on twitter i can i can promise you and yeah. uh <laughs> sign off on that yeah. um but i still i still follow everything like if somebody has a specific question for me like feel free to hit me up on on twitter i usually try to respond uh, like uh, in a in a let's say in a reasonable time and try to respond to pretty much uh, everything uh, that i that i can awesome um, man and yeah. those links for to kenny's social media will be in the show page so you know you can click right through find him on social media and sir it's been wonderful spending the last hour and a half with you i wish you nothing but the best of luck i can't wait for you to take down your major and have you back on the show in the future yeah thanks for thanks for having me uh brad yeah, it's, it's my welcome. pleasure man yeah take care have a good one thanks thank you so much for listening to this episode of chasing poker greatness if you have yet to subscribe to the show please take a second to do so on apple podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be for more content from me coach brad please visit our youtube channel at youtube.com slash enhance your edge and i'll see you next time